This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. The Eagles have not just been beat. They have been taken apart. They have been just brought to the knees by the Tampa Bay Bucks. We were just a little out of sync, obviously. That's always going to start with me. Wasn't good enough. Obviously, we're not putting them in good enough positions. Not good enough position. Not any position, for that matter, with the Eagles. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase. Wow. Listen, I understand that we could all sit here and say the Eagles were terrible once they started 10-1, and one, but I still am having, personally, a tough time. Was that too loud? I said, <laughs> small just did I, did I spit? No, it just... I had it. I had it high, and then you yelled, and it's just like blasted my She became Kramer all of a sudden. (laughs) 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 Physical reaction. I was like, "Oh boy!" Wasn't wasn't expecting it. My bad. You weren't expecting me to talk on radio. Uh, We can sit there and say that. Yeah, we expected all of this with the Eagles. Oh, they lost six to seven to finish the season. I'm sorry. We did expect that. Yeah, we did. I did not. I still did not. Well, you're out there on that island by yourself because I believe in Jalen Hurts and I believe in Jalen Carter, and I guess. why would you, you believe see, in them? They lost five of their six, last six regular season games. What, what, what the hell are you believing in? Also, have you seen his finger? Why am I getting blamed for the Eagles? I'm not on the team. Because you believed in them. I, I don't believe they could get a game or two against a relatively easy draw in oh, comparison, whoa, in comparison whoa, 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 to other postseasons. Come on. So hold on. One team has won five of their last six Thank going you. into the game, and go. one team has lost five of their All right, last six? All right, I'm wrong. I have no problem admitting it. you got a better team that's lost five of their last six, and that team is on the road? I understand I, I'm, that. I'm, 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 I'm struggling here. I am, I am too, because CC always says what's understood doesn't have to be said. With mm-hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles, they lost that privilege or the benefit of the doubt seven weeks ago. Yeah. They have been on a terrible skid. Not only have they been dealing with a lot of injuries, including Jalen Hurts, who his his finger, I can't even look at the video of his finger. It yeah. makes me cringe. And, and you knew that that was an issue for him. He wasn't even throwing the football for a period of time. Oh, and by the way, their secondary is Swiss cheese. They couldn't cover anybody. Trash. And meanwhile, I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I know that I they... Like Swiss cheese. Uh, so do I. Great, great on a but sandwich. not for your secondary. Great on a sandwich, no. not in your secondary. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I know that they exceeded expectations and what we had before them this year in the wake of Tom Brady walking away from football. But at what point are we going to give them a little bit of credit for the way that they've been able to perform at the end of the season and what Baker Mayfield was able to do last they were night? Great. It's both things can be true that the Philadelphia Eagles could have collapsed. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been playing really good football. And we do not give them enough credit. So when we look at the collapses over the last couple of days, um, nobody's going to consider the Steelers a collapse, obviously. Now, weird ending with Mike Tomlin walking off in a press conference. We don't normally see that. Yeah, but, the Steelers were just happy to be there. Yeah, right? I agree. The <laughs> fact that they got into like the Mike Tomlin should be looked at positively today, actually. <laughs> yeah. Not negatively. Yeah, no question. I mean, press conference was standing. But when we look at the two collapses, which one was bigger, the Eagles or the Cowboys? The Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys. They were 8-0 and at home, and they had a plus 172-point differential. They were averaging 37 points a game. I mean, they were rolling people at home. And you let the youngest team in the NFL, check that, the youngest team to make the playoffs since 1974 with a quarterback in his first full season as a starter making his playoff debut. You let them hang 48 points on you? 48? I mean, that game was never in doubt. It was 48-16 in the fourth quarter. It was an absolute embarrassment. So, I mean, yeah, I I think we saw the Eagles situation coming. They gave us the long goodbye. 
We just did not see the buzzsaw that was Green Bay rolling into AT&T Stadium and giving the Cowboys the business. I'm sorry, the Cowboys' collapse is more epic than what we saw with Philadelphia Eagles last night. Yeah, and Dak Prescott was in way better health than Jalen Hurts was, if we're just going to point to one thing. They were relatively healthy. They had been absolutely dominant at home, as CeCe said, and they had everything working in their favor. And they choked yet again. And again, Green Bay played really well down the stretch as well. And I don't want to take away anything from Jordan Love and from that team. Yeah, what was the stat you gave out yesterday, F? 36 wins over the last three years. Correct. That's the most wins of any team in that span without getting to the conference championship game. That's the stat. But that, that is absolutely. Like, in a row, three like think about yeah. that. Yeah. Like that, how much of an aberration that is, how much of an outlier that is. If you're Jerry Jones, that has to prompt you to make a change because it's clear that Mike McCarthy isn't going to get you to the championship rounds. He hasn't created the environment, developed the culture that's going to allow your players to play at their best when their best is required. And that is the biggest indictment on this Cowboys team. Nobody is arguing whether or not they have the requisite talent. They had nine all pros. They got the talent. Their quarterback is coming off of arguably the best season he's ever had. Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott led the league in passing touchdowns. He had 36 of them. This is a good football team that underachieved in the biggest of spots. And so you have to question the character of the players in your locker room and the character of the coaching staff. And right now, I don't know how in going about that exercise, if you're Jerry Jones, you land on Mike McCarthy still being your head coach in 2024. Yeah, there's there's something to be said about saying enough. This ends with us. We have the talent. We're at home. They are not going to come into our house and do this to us when we have been absolutely killer at home this season. Oh, no, they made them love it on Sunday. <laughs> they, the, the Green Bay Packers absolutely kicked the Cowboys' ass, and they made them love it. But you know what I mean? That is the worst feeling in football. Like, you couldn't do anything right. It was 27 nothing before you could blink, and Dak Prescott didn't have any answers. Through the first 20 minutes of the game, the secondary for the Packers had more catches than CeeDee Lamb. But like, you that, guys that's are talking about one game, though, CC and Smalls. I'm saying the Eagles, to it's me, not, is a bigger it's not, collapse. But it's not, but, it's not but, but here's the thing. I think the Eagles quit over the last half of the season. I think the Cowboys were destroyed in the one game. Well, hold on. Are we talking about season collapse or postseason I'm collapse? I'm just saying, because in general, two defining things. however you guys want to define it. Well, I think it. when you start talking about the collapse, you have to factor in the expectations, too. Yeah. Nobody expected the Eagles to amount to much this season. I mean, over the last month and a half, we knew that the Eagles weren't making a Super Bowl run. But that wasn't the case with the Cowboys. I mean, think about it. When we start talking about collapse, you have to start up high. Like, think about it. The, the, the Cowboys were on a higher perch than the Philadelphia Eagles but, were coming wait, into the postseason. Wait, hold on a second. Rewind for a second. You just said nobody was thinking about the Eagles with Super Bowl. You're right now. But at 10-1, and one, we were still talking about them at potentially making the suit. They were 10-1. and one. They collapsed over a longer period of time. I don't believe the Cowboys quit on Mike McCarthy. I believe the Cowboys were outcoached and outplayed on Sunday. Obviously, no argument otherwise. We sat here and said there's an argument, and you don't like using the word quit, but there is an argument that maybe the Nick Sirianni-Eagles match with those players was not working for a long period of time, that it made us feel like they had enough of this guy. I'm sorry. The way I look at it is this is an absolute meltdown. Once you're 10-1, and one, the Cowboys had a bad loss. Well, here's the thing, though. The Eagles had so many built-in excuses. They lost both coordinators from a year ago. So in the second half of the season, when, off, when offenses and defenses are adjusting to your scheme, you, you, you know, having the coaching staff to make the adjustments to the adjustments comes up. And it's clear that Nick Sirianni's staff didn't have that, whether it was Sean Desai or Matt Patricia on the defensive side or Brian Johnson on the offensive side. 
Like so, so there's that. Jalen Hurts got more banged up as the season went on. Yeah. The knee injury, then the finger injury. So there are excuses built in for AJ them. AJ Brown, we're, we're AJ Brown going down and not being available in the wild card. Where the hell are the excuses for the Dallas Cowboys? They're not there. There they don't are exist. none. They don't exist. So that's why, to me, it's a bigger collapse. And it was an emphatic thud on Sunday when they got waxed by the Packers. I've been thinking about something that you said yesterday about Dak Prescott and the LV luggage. Do you think that they were so focused on the Super Bowl that they didn't think about the task at hand? No, of course they were. And that's why you have to point to the head coach, I, I was just going to say, though, isn't that culture? Isn't that you not being locked into doing to use a, a Belichickian phrase, to yes. doing your job in in real time. Like, did, it, the fact that they were thinking that far ahead and not thinking that the Green Bay Packers, who was one of the hottest teams in the NFL at the time, and Jordan Love, who had been playing lights out down the stretch, could come in there and upset him, that's inflated confidence to me, if you're yeah. thinking that far ahead. No, I'm with you a thousand percent, and I was making this same point on Get Up when I was talking about what the Cowboys need to do. I said yesterday to Mike Greenberg and Dominique Foxworth, that the Cowboys and Jerry Jones specifically needs to bring in a football czar, somebody that he can cede control to, not because you need help with the personnel side of things, but you need help in terms of creating the right environment, the right culture around your football team to get the most out of your people when it matters in the playoffs. And that's something that Mike McCarthy hasn't been able to do, to channel the competitive greatness of all of the players that he has, somebody that can set the agenda for the entire organization, everybody in the building being on the same page. I have a hard time believing that if Bill Belichick is the head coach, Dak Prescott makes that comment about Louis Vuitton luggage, him buying it for him and his girlfriend because that, that's where the Super Bowl is going to be and he needs a reminder. I have a hard time if Bill Belichick... <laughs> that ain't happening with Belichick as a yeah, head coach. I have a hard time believing that if Belichick is the head coach, uh, uh, Michael Parsons is going to wax poetic about the Cowboys of yesteryear and say that him, Dak Prescott, and CeeDee Lamb want to be viewed in that way and they're going to be bleeping phenomenal in the playoff game. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Or as Bill Belichick would always say, do your damn job. Right. Just do your job. I don't need you to do your job in the media's job with your podcast and all of this <laughs> other stuff. Just do your job. Don't be a celebrity quarterback. Just be a really good quarterback in the postseason when we need you to be. Do your job. Like, those are the things that a good head coach, check that, a great head coach would do. That's what Bill Parcells did once a time for the Dallas Cowboys. And so if you're Jerry Jones, knowing that you've tried it your way with Wade Phillips and with Jason Garrett and with this latest addition with Mike McCarthy, maybe you go about the business of bringing in a strong-minded, strong-willed head coach that has the resume, that has multiple Super Bowl championships on their resume. Maybe, maybe it's time for you to turn it over to Bill Belichick and see whether or not he can get you a Super Bowl. We know Bill is only going to be there for a good time, not a long time. Mm -hmm. He just wants to pass Don Shula for the all-time win record and try to, I guess, get another championship without Tom Brady. And so if you're the Cowboys, what's the downside of trying to do everything you can to keep this team together in order to make that happen? You know, there's a, another coach who played in the playoffs who I think the Cowboys could learn a lot from, and that's Dan Campbell. You saw that scene in the locker room after that game, 
and the energy that he had and this chip on their shoulder mentality where it was like, we're going to do this not only for the guys in this locker room, but for this city. They're not going to come in here and beat us here. This city has suffered long enough. These fans has, have suffered long enough. The Rams didn't want Jared Goff. Everyone is doubting us, and it ends here. It ends with us. They had that mentality, and they believed in themselves so much that nobody was going to come in there and beat them. And the Dallas Cowboys felt like the exact opposite. Can I ask you a question, Smalls? Sure. Because we had this McCarthy question after the playoff loss in San Francisco last year. Did the Cowboys make a mistake in not moving on from him then when they could hire Sean Payton? Somebody that was also their offensive coordinator once upon a time under Bill Parcells? Did they make a mistake then? Like, I know how well Dak Prescott played in the regular season. Yeah, that'd be my pushback. Yeah, yeah. They're the but, same but, guy. But, but that's the regular season. That's the regular season. It's hiring the same person. No, it's not hiring the same person. You keep saying that, and it's not the same. Numerically, it is. Well, you say, well, well that's the thing. You can't, you can't basically boil it all down to just numbers. We know that the situation that McCarthy had in Green Bay versus what Sean Payton stepped to in New Orleans is not the same. And we can go on and on about that debate, but they're just not the same. But I just think that it's different when you're talking about Belichick. Here's the thing that I take from all of these collapses with the Eagles and the Cowboys. Robert Kraft better be right. And I'm a fan of his, uh, you know, as a Patriots fan. But he better be right because we're sitting here and we're saying Belichick is a clear-cut answer for the Eagles. Belichick's a clear-cut answer for the Cowboys. And he interviewed with the Falcons yesterday. Kraft better be right about this because this guy is the answer to a lot of people's problems. Why was he not the answer to yours? Because he was a terrible general manager. Yes. Well, there was, was adjustments awful. that could. Yeah, I'm the just saying, was better awful in the places general we're manager. Talking about. I just think when you look at these situations, he has a chance to walk into any of them and improve them. And I just think the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys are both in a spot now where we are on Nick Sirianni and Mike McCarthy watch, and that we're probably a week away from Brian Dayball being the longest tenured head coach in the NFC East. And he could also end up being the worst head coach in the NFC East in 2024. Mm. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Baker Mayfield. Just a gamer. Of course, we all expected the Buccaneers to be in the playoffs like this. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, I'm Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst, former NFL player and coach in the league. I'm just going to stop you. Just slow down for a second. The first thing you said was Baker Mayfield. It, the picture is of a five-yard pass, and the dude making 27 people miss tackles, and the first person you highlight is the quarterback that Always. throws it. That's Always. unbelievable, Always. bro. Unbelievable. QB I mean, above all. Can't nobody on the defense tackle, but we'll give that to Baker Mayfield. He did well, all they the can't, work They can't that. even stay in coverage on the touchdown that David Moore had. The well, two guys ran into each other. <laughs> it did look like bad news, man, yeah, bro. I'm telling you, bad. man. It was, there was some bad defense this yeah, past weekend. The, the Little Giants, I mean, the annexation oh. of Puerto Rico. 
Shout out to Icebox. You answer the question then. Right. What happened to the Eagles? Oh, man. It is as ugly. I, I'll say this. I did not see last night happening. I did not think they would get. I mean, if, if you've looked at the Eagles as bad as they had played the last six or seven weeks, they have a good, I mean, a decent draw. Like, are they going to walk in the Bucks, And I know the Bucks have played well, but you think they match up fairly well with them? Not. They didn't yesterday. I mean, they, they had, again, they just have no answer. And, and from the locker room, whatever, something had to happen. You don't go from 10-1 and one to losing all these games when everybody, when it's kumbaya in the locker room. Like, something happened. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the issue is. But uh, they played bad on both sides of the ball, continuously never gave themselves opportunities to win. And uh, it, it's, it's ugly. It, to me, it's the most disappointing of all the teams, like people talking about the the Cowboys, like this fall, the last two months has been unprecedented in my opinion. So if I'm picking up what you're putting down, you think the Eagles collapse is bigger than the Cowboys I collapse? Do. Okay, so yeah, because the Cowboys to me is one game. So so that being said, which team has more urgency to make a change at the head coaching spot? Is it the Cowboys or is it the Eagles? Oh, I would think I would think the Eagles. Like when you saw Jeffrey Lowry, I mean, like yesterday, bro, that dude. You know, I mean, as bad as as bad as Jerry looked up in his box yesterday, the facial expressions uh, that did not look like that did not look like everything was going to be okay. You know, not not last night. That was that was ugly. And again, you're talking. It's not. It wasn't a bad game. This is a bad two months with people losing, being demoted within the organization. Who's in charge? The offense. You know, all of the things that happen that we see when there's collapses in sport whatever it was it is um last night was just a culmination of it I mean to lose to the Bucks 32 I mean it's the second worst loss in Eagles playoff history bro yeah like like you you may have thought the Bucks were gonna have a shot to win you did not believe the Bucks were gonna boat race this team and really if the Bucks don't drop the ball they may have scored 50 like like I mean like this this was not nearly as close as the score indicated even in the first half it wasn't if the Bucks just do what they're supposed to do this thing is out the gate early like that to me I was I was blown away and I was sitting I was eating and there were two Philadelphia Eagle fans in the place I was eating last night I'm eating my wings with some of my buddies and his and his and his son and they are losing their mind and finally they were like (laughs) This is just who we are. I mean, like I thought they were going to have a meltdown, complete meltdown. They're like, "Well, watch you in the morning." These dudes were having a meltdown. It was halftime, so they went through all the different phases all of denial. Of all of them. They were excited. <laughs> they were like, "Okay, we came back. Sweat has a sack." They're excited. They're cheering on, and then you watch their hopes and dreams slowly get stepped on minute by minute until the devastation just you know it it overwhelmed them. So everything you just said also applies to the Dallas Cowboys. A huge meltdown. It feels like this is who they are, where they can have a lot of success in the regular season and fall short in the postseason. Uh, yeah. You mentioned the score, 48-32. That is not indicative no. of what the Green Bay Packers did to the Dallas Cowboys. Sure. So even though you think that the Eagles have a higher sense of urgency, do you still think that Dallas maybe needs to make a change? I, I, I do not think so. And I'm, I'm going to just say this. like There is a... Like one game, it was an awful game, and it was an awful. And here, this is the the indictment to me on Mike McCarthy as the head coach of this team for that game was that you walked in with a plan on defense. Where I'm listen from Tuesday on, I said the only way the Packers have a chance to beat the Cowboys, they line up under center, they establish a run, and then crush them with play action pass. You come in to answer that, and you play six DBs or more 
on your defense for 48 of 54 snaps. So that tells me you did not believe the Packers were going to do what everybody said the only way they could win. That's the indictment, is that there was no answer, right? Like, you even saw the Bucks last night. Like, they played big personnel. Like, they were like, hey, if the Eagles are going to try to play big boy ball and use their offensive line and switch them, we're going to play big boy ball. We're going to go get this thing. And the Cowboys had no answer. That's the only, that's the major indictment that I would have if I looked at my staff. I would say, hey, what was... What did you not foresee happening? Dan Quinn, Mike McCarthy, that that kind of thing. But yeah, from my perspective, the meltdown in Philly was was much more substantial than you know than the a one game collapse you know for for in the playoffs. We're talking with ESPN NFL analyst Jeff Saturday here on. And, and let me say this to you. Yeah, let me ahead. say this because here's the other part. Mike McCarthy, everybody's going to bash him. And I know you and I had this conversation on Get Up last yeah. week at some point, yeah. right? And it's fair points, right? They can't win the playoffs, that kind of stuff. But when you start having these conversations, like Mike Tomlin Steelers haven't won a playoff game in five playoff games, right? Like so, But we laud him as one of the best because we're like, well, his team wasn't quite that good. Or this he hasn't wasn't, had a quarterback. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had Roth, but, but Roth, I'm just saying, That wasn't Roethlisberger. Yeah, it was an old version. Yeah. But my point, my point is this, is that – We'll give, we understand, McCarthy's loss this time, to me, is a much larger indictment on their playoff success than previous. They were not as good as the 49ers. They should have lost the 49ers both times. Like, like the times they lost, they should have. They're not as good as they are. So, if you're saying, well, they just, McCarthy didn't, they were better than the, the Packers and they just didn't do it, I'm, I can live with that. Like, you can tell me that, you're right. They should have beaten the Packers. They didn't beat the Packers. That's on them. But the other losses they've had, they're not as good. So it's not like he underperformed. They're just not as good as a team. And and the mismanagement of the clock, some of those kinds of things, I'm with as well. It's just, for me, it's hard to just go, well, they just can't win the playoffs because they win 12 games. I, I'm just not. I'm you're, not on. You're preaching the choir on this one with me. I'm the I, I'm the only Mike McCarthy yeah. fan, I think, left on planet Earth. Well, I'm Earth not a fan. Long. That's my problem. I don't like I had to defend them. That's, that, that right. hurts my soul. That hurts my soul, but so, I do do it. Let me ask you about a guy you just mentioned. Do you think there's a chance that we saw Mike Tomlin's last game with the Steelers last night? If the, if he wants it to be, you know that that's the thing for me. I, like the Rooney's aren't going to fire Mike no, Tomlin. Nor you know what I mean? So if 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 Tomlin is like, hey, I'm done, and this has been fun, and I'm going to go do this again, I'm going to go recreate this somewhere else. Um, then I would get it. If you if you're an organization, you don't move on from a guy like Mike Tomlin. He he is a fantastic football player. He's a he's a great organizational leader. He casts vision as well as any leader that I've seen, like he can cast that vision. He gets people to buy into his vision and the the players build a culture around that. And so I think he's fantastic from that perspective. I'm, I'm, I'm with Canty here, bro. You don't go get me a quarterback. I don't know if I'm trying to run it back. Like you, like you gotta go. If if I'm going into the Roonies, I'm like, Hey, what are we paying? And who are we bringing? And I'm going to set down some names. I'm gonna give you a list of three. Tell me how much we're going to pay for all of them. If you tell me, yeah, we'll get one of the three, I'll have that conversation. If you're telling me I'm running this thing back, we'll pick it, and you know we're going to try. I'm probably packing it in and go go do some TV, make about twenty five million. Make the make TV. the same thing. Yeah. Make yeah. that twenty five million. Yeah, exactly. Work a, a day a work, week. Work, work a couple days a week. <laughs> work a day a week. Exactly. Not, not that we figured that out, but exactly. you know, he, he can he can figure that out in a hurry. Yeah. And 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 uh, yeah, and, and and so that's that's where I'd be with Jeff. Him. Real quick before we get you out of here, the quarterback that was on the other sideline, Josh Allen. Ooh. How good was he yesterday? And how far can he take this Buffalo Bills team? Oh, he was he was exceptional. I mean, he was exceptional yesterday. And again, 
it's it's because of his ability to do whatever is required. Do I got to go run it? And the fifty six, I mean, it's an incredible touchdown. But we know that ain't happening every week. But no, that, but it was an incredible run. But my favorite part about and, and I was one of the people. Listen, I defended Ken Dorsey. I was like, man, you know, he's 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 taking the hit. And all that. But Brady has done a great job with this offense and Cook being. You know, the way that he's played has been phenomenal. But you watch the way he got Diggs involved when, you know, like he he got everybody involved this game talking about Josh Allen. This guy, and that's the thing that's going to require to beat the Ravens. You're going to have to have somebody who makes special play after special play. It can't be, I got to have a 15-yard drive every time against this Ravens defense. It's got to be explosive plays. That's what he presents that not all the teams in the AFC have that same ability. Jeff, thank you so much. We'll see him on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Coming up, there's a goat in Atlanta. Next on Sportsman <laughs> like ESPN Radio. Don't let him leave! Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Bill Belichick made it official. He's leaving after 24 seasons as Patriots coach. I look at two places that make the most sense. One of the charges, the other place that would intrigue me would be Atlanta. And I can see Bill absolutely ending up in Dallas. Well, Bill Belichick officially interviewed for the Atlanta Falcons job. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. This whole new world of NFL announcing the interview process is so weird to me in seeing this. Hello, I'm Michelle Swan, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you here on ESPN Radio on Sportsmanlike. Because Belichick is so private about everything. And then by rule, the Falcons have to announce, hey, we interviewed him yesterday. The same way the Chargers announced we interviewed Jim Harbaugh. So a busy day yesterday in terms of the coaching carousel. Obviously, after the Eagles' brutal loss last night, the Cowboys' brutal loss on Sunday, there is a chance that two other jobs open up. But how do we feel about the idea, first off, of Belichick to Atlanta? Uh, I don't know how to feel about it until I know who the quarterback is going to be because it's clear that that guy is not on the roster. Between Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, they they don't have a quarterback. You got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterback. And so I guess with Bill Belichick, there's got to be 
a plan in place, whether you're going to draft that guy, whether you're going to trade for that guy, in order to acquire a quarterback that he thinks can help him compete at a championship level. They've got the talent. They've got the skill position players. They've got the defense. They've got the offensive line. It's just a matter of having the position of quarterback settled. And until I know that, I don't know how I would feel about Belichick being hired in Atlanta. Yeah, co-sign on everything you just said. They have a lot of really intriguing pieces. A lot of the personnel is in place, but the biggest piece of the puzzle is not. And Evan, you know Bill Belichick better than anybody. You're, you're his, and by that, I don't know him, but I just study him. You're his number one him. fan <laughs> on this desk. I'll put yeah. it that way. You're his yes. number one fan on this desk. And you always say he can win with a good quarterback. Correct. And well, he's proven that. Of course, but he's also proven that if the quarterback is not great, he's not going to have success. And Atlanta does not have that so I know that it's been he's interviewed there and he's been connected there for a long time but with Dallas collapsing with Philadelphia collapsing we don't know what's going to happen with their head coaching positions I would just think if I'm Bill Belichick and I know that I'm not going to be doing this for a tremendously long amount of time if one of those two jobs opened and I think I have a better shot with a better quarterback I would keep an eye on those two so here's how I would assess what's going on with Belichick right now from at least from my opinion factually, Atlanta has happened. We know he's interviewed there, and everyone that we've talked to about this has told us, keep an eye on Atlanta with Belichick. So there's an attraction to that roster and probably to ownership, right? He's probably heard great things. Thomas Dimitrov, Scott Pioli, two guys that worked for Belichick, worked for Arthur Blank, the owner, for a long period of time. So that's it. Culturally, he probably believes, hey, I can implement my stuff there. But again, no quarterback. The Eagles stuff, I think, is going to heat up because everyone rightfully is going to believe Belichick could take over tomorrow and win a Super Bowl next year. Jalen Hurts has that like Brady-like makeup, and I'm not calling him Brady, obviously, but he, he feels like he has that Brady-like makeup. Yet I'm pushing Jacksonville, and I know, sorry, Doug Peterson, I know he has a job. I love that as the best fit. I don't know where he's going to go because the other part of this is that the Falcons got first crack at him. And he's not their coach yet. And they have complied with all of the Rooney rules. They've got the um, uh, aspects and rules and regulations. They've complied with everything league-wide. He went there, or they talked, and CC now, now he's going to do other stuff. They let him walk out the door. Yeah, the Falcons situation is a little bit strange because the reports are that Terry Fondo, their general manager, hasn't necessarily been as involved as you would anticipate a GM would be with a head coach. I search. have some breaking news. I'm sorry. Adam Schefter uh, just reported that six-time All-Pro and future Hall of Fame center Jason Kelsey told his Eagles teammates Monday night in postgame that he is, in fact, retiring. He is retiring. 36-year-old Kelsey became visibly emotional at the end of the 32-9 loss to the Buccaneers. He has considered retiring after other recent seasons, but this time is said to be real and happening. So Jason Kelsey, all-world center, great. A lot of people now know him as Hall Hall of Fame center. Hall of Fame center. A lot of people know him as Travis's brother. Well, for today, you shouldn't. You should know him if he is, in fact, retiring, which if Schefter's saying it, he's retiring as one of the great people that players that ever played along that offensive line. Congrats on a great career. And when can we start recruiting you to come here with your podcast? <laughs> Is that <laughs> really heartfelt there? CC. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying that we, we would love to have him as a teammate. Uh, congrats on I'm your t- career. I'm tired of playing against him. I would love to play with him. We look forward to you continuing your, your burgeoning media career, yeah. potentially alongside us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, there is something in, that ties into what we were just talking about. Belichick famously, when he takes over a situation, it has a quick goodbye to somebody that is very attached to a situation. Got rid of Bernie Kosar in Cleveland. Ultimately, for obvious reasons, Tom Brady, got rid of Drew Bledsoe in New England. Free agents for the Eagles. Jason Kelsey now going to retire. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox are both free agents. 
Yeah. Belichick is exactly the kind of guy that says, sorry, we're not going to re-sign you. You've been amazing here. We're going to move on. And really, not that you need to – well, I guess you do need to change the culture now with Philly. You didn't a year ago. But, like, Philly make, does make a lot of sense here. Well, I don't know how much of a culture change you need. You need a coach that has answers for your team based on the talent that you have in your roster. And it was clear that Nick Sirianni didn't have that this year because of the brain drain when it came to both of his coordinators getting hired last year in the coaching hiring cycle. So I think that was the biggest – uh, I guess, challenge that the Eagles had to overcome. With Belichick, you don't have to worry about that. This right. guy has more answers. This guy knows more football than most of these NFL coaches. He's forgotten more than most of these NFL coaches know. So I guess when we look at the profile for who the Eagles are going to hire, who Howie Roseman is going to be interested in, Belichick does make some sense. Just because you know that he's not going to be there long. You're talking about a three-year plan to win a title. That is it. You know, the, the coaching expiration date for Bill Belichick probably doesn't, isn't going to go much further beyond that. So for Belichick, he wants to pass Don Shula. He's 15 wins away from being able to do that. The Eagles have a roster that's allowed, that will allow them to compete if they make a couple of tweaks, especially on the back end of their defense. But most importantly, I think they have the quarterback in place if Jalen Hurts comes back completely healthy. And that's been the biggest challenge post-Tom Brady for Bill. So... A lot of the things that Bill is looking for, the boxes are checked in terms of what Howie Roseman is looking for. A good tactician, a coach that can that can be great in terms of changing the culture, but a coach that's also not going to command a lot of power within the organization. All of those things make sense. Remember, Howie Roseman isn't interested in going back down the road of the dynamic that he had when Chip Kelly was the head coach of the Eagles and ceding control and power to him when it comes to personnel. That's not what's going to happen with Bill Belichick if you hire him. And Smalls, that was the smoke signal that we got from Bill Belichick at his postseason mm-hmm. press conference when he says he's willing to be amenable to somebody else picking the personnel. So I just think the Eagles with Belichick is a perfect, I mean, perfect fit. You could absolutely see him there. Absolutely. I think he would love Jalen Hurts, too. That type of quarterback, that mentality, I just think he would be great there. Also, you know, looking at the division – you yes, the Dallas Cowboys might be something to contend with in the regular season, but I think that he could step right in. But that's another reason I kind of go back to Atlanta, though. Even though the Bucks have outperformed expectations, if he is looking to just rack up wins, the Atlanta Falcons are a pretty good place to do it in that division. There's a lot of smoke with the Atlanta thing. Like this has been going on now for a little bit here. The what the Eagles have, based on what you guys just said, is everything that the Belichick critics have asked for. He would have a boss. Howie Roseman would be the personnel person. He'd have a quarterback. He'd have a win-now team. He'd have cap space, $28 million in cap space mm. uh, per spot rack there. That like It seems like all of the critics of what Belichick needs in his next stop, Philly has it, yet Atlanta was his first interview. That has none of that. Well, can, because- I, can, I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. It, like With the Atlanta job, if Bill Belichick takes it, and presumably Russell Wilson is waived, released, cut That's by the Denver want. Broncos – is, is Russell Wilson enough in that division to allow the Atlanta Falcons to be in the playoffs and compete for a title? I cannot see it at all. Russell Wilson did a better job of tempering down his uh, brand, so to speak, in Denver. Yeah. But he's, he's still a celebrity quarterback. Agreed. He's still somebody who has a, a certain level of ego. And I just don't know if I see that being a fit with Bill Belichick. So let me play out something here. So the reason it wasn't with Sean Payton. You know what I'm saying? Like, so why do we think it would be different with Bill Belichick? It's not. It's. I don't know that if if Sean Payton had Russell Wilson at the price that Belichick would have him at in Atlanta, I don't know that he's rushing him out the door. 
Remember, Sean Payton, you said it all year. Sean Payton was had him at $40 million a year. $48.5 million uh, a year. Belichick may get him at $40 an hour. Like, I mean, there may be a difference. <laughs> if, if Denver's paying him, that is exactly the kind of quarterback that Belichick would want. Someone that has proven last year he could take coaching, has experience, and I actually think, theoretically, play this out. They get Russell Wilson for the $40 an hour. They take the eighth pick. They trade down. They stockpile another pick. They then draft either Michael Penix Jr. or J.J. McCarthy as a quarterback in waiting. Draft one when you want one, not when you need why, one. Why would you do that, though? Because it's, you would it's get— not, It's not about—like, that's the thing. Bill Belichick is trying to win a title now. He's only got three years. I don't care about what's coming after me. I'm just trying to win. Fine. So why would don't I— don't do that. Yeah, no. that's what I'm saying. Like, if no you problem. wanted to trade down and add more players, yeah. like, I, I would get that. Okay, so— However you want to play that out, yeah, do the Belichick yeah. trade down, stockpile, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, we're now starting to, okay, I could see where you're going. Like, Kirk Cousins is a free agent. I think Kirk Cousins with Belichick would be great. Love Kirk that. Cousins would, but Belichick wouldn't. He's not going to pay that much money for any singular position. He never does that. He would pay Kirk Cousins like seven times more than he ever paid um, Brady. And the percentage of cap that he would pay Kirk Cousins to get him would be so great that that's not a Belichick move. You say the Russell Wilson thing, it is a good idea because of what they'd get to pay for him. Yeah, but just because you get it on sale doesn't mean that the product's any different. Yeah, that's a great point. But that product at that (laughs) price with everything around them, Smalls, would be great in that division. We see it last night. That's Baker Mayfield. You're asking Russell Wilson to basically be Baker Mayfield. Those are two totally different personality types. Well, Yeah, I don't know that teammates liked either of them in the past, and now guys can change a little bit. All right, coming up. Pat Costello's an Eagles fan. We get to hear from him next. I'm over it on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Pat Costello is our producer. He is an Eagles fan. On a day after, his team got trounced by the Bucks. And his starting center, Jason Kelsey, per Adam Schefter, is retiring. Smalls has said an all-time beard. Oh, he's a first beard, first ballot Hall of Famer. Why, when why are you wearing sunglasses? Game. Because the lights are so bright right now. The lights are so bright that it's hurting my eyes and I'm starting to get a headache. So I had to put my Blues Brothers sunglasses on. Okay. They look yeah. really good, don't they? Yeah. I got my no, folks cool. on. What's wrong with they that? look really cool. cool. Yeah, I mean, the lights being bright tends to hurt, yeah. hurt my eyes. I can't think. Okay. Well, yeah, uh... I mean, Small all, said that's what happened to the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. The all be- Lights too bright. All, all beard team, Jason Kelsey, James Harden, Brian Wilson, the old reliever for the Giants. Abraham He's, Lincoln? A- Abe. Abe's got to be in the mix. <laughs> Come Pat, on. Great beard, Abe. The Pat guy from ZZ Top. Oh, killer. Good one. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of guys from ZZ Top. But yeah. Uh, Pat, what are you over today? Surprise! It's the Philadelphia Eagles. If anyone's looking <laughs> no for a house, way. if anyone's looking for houses in the Philadelphia area, Get ready. They're coming. Uh, every coach on the Philadelphia Eagles staff, get every single one of them out. So keep your eyes open for that. They've been terrible all year. I don't know how they managed to get to, what was it, 11 wins in the regular season? It's a joke how this all played out. And by the way, going into next season, Jalen Hurts is going to be on the QB hot seat for himself. 
fans are not fans are not going to be that patient with him next year. They were patient this year. Well, he ain't going nowhere next year. So I mean, you can be mad about it, but you're married to him for the next three years based on the structure of the contract. But Pat, we can't gloss over the fact that somebody sitting here at this desk said that they could see the Philadelphia Eagles going to the conference championship game, and I know it wasn't me. And Smalls, I don't think it was pick. Smalls. No, it wasn't me. So, Can't confirm. I picked was, the book. Was it, Rob, was it Rob? Did Rob say that? No. Don't think no, it was don't Rob. Don't think it was Rob. Oh, Evan. Hey, there Evan, you are. That you? Yeah. Wasn't that you? Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought the team that went to the Super Bowl last year could beat the Bucks and the Lions. It's okay. There's I'm the jar. I'm not asking them to beat the Niners. There is the, there the, jar. Is the jar. There you go. There right. is the jar. There is the jar. Help yourself, my friend. Well, there I, we go. Also, I only have a 20. There you go. There's change in there. There's change in there. There you go. There you go. Also, though, do we have to put in the jar, all, all of us collectively, because we picked the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, we might. I don't know, though. I mean, it was so bad. It was yeah, you picked them to go bad. to the conference championship game now that I think about it also. We played the sound yesterday. Did I pick them to go to the conference championship game? I said I would be shocked. I guess, yeah, that, that would be. That shocked would be if picking. they didn't go to the conference That would be picking them. <laughs> yeah. That would be picking them. So, yeah, I think I owe uh, some money to the jar, too. It's such an embarrassment, though. The damn Dallas Cowboys. I deserve it, though. I should have stood by my take a month ago when I didn't believe in the Dallas Cowboys. You tried to be nice. You tried to turn the page and be nice. But you know what? It was them beating a team that I also don't believe in in the Philadelphia Eagles. The (laughs) damn Eagles got us twice. They did. They got Evan and they got me. Yeah. You know what's interesting? We only had $18 of change for my 20, so I have a bad take in hand here, guys. Oh, there we go. I have a bad take left to be had today. No, no, put it on the ledger. (laughs) Oh, God. Next one, Pat. (laughs) I... I, this is where you talk, Pat. I know. Uh, what because just happened I, have, to you? I have complicated feelings about this one. Oh. Mike Tomlin walking out of his press conference. The word that I keep going back to is embarrassing, which feels like it might be a little bit too harsh. But if it, it felt a little bit embarrassing for Mike Tomlin to do that yesterday because you know you're getting that question coming into this press conference. You know that someone is going to ask you that. And to not just give a generic coach speak answer and then leave felt a little bit weird and embarrassing from Mike Tomlin. Yeah, Bill Belichick for, you know, being asked about his job status towards the end of the season said, I haven't thought about it. You know, I'm worried about the game at hand. He had the answer ready to go when there was rampant speculation about his future. And I I don't think Mike Tomlin was that short-sighted that he didn't think a question like that was coming. I know he was focused on the task at hand and was emotional about the result last night, but I think he told us a lot more than he intended to by his reaction. Yeah, listening to RC last night on SportsCenter, he said that Mike Tomlin always used to tell him that he can answer questions, but he doesn't have to give people a window into his soul. And maybe he wasn't going to be capable of giving an answer that – wouldn't lead to more questions about his future. So I think Mike Tomlin, having some self-awareness, wasn't going to answer the question before he was ready to answer the question. Because guess what? Once one starts and once he answers one, he's got to answer the other one. So rather than allowing the speculation to run rampant in a postseason press conference or a post-game press conference in this instance – let me just walk away, and I'll deal with those questions at the appropriate time. Let me lean into what Pat's saying and try to provide a better answer if you're Tomlin, who's been so good at this for so long, right? He could have gotten up there and said to Brooke Pryor, who's going to join us later, ESPN uh, Steelers reporter, Brooke, you've known me for long enough. You know how much I consider these games my life, my be-all, end-all. We just lost a playoff game. This means more to me than anything else right now, and I am completely distraught over this. Ask me tomorrow, and I'll answer the question. 
No, but that's not going to be enough. She's that's not going to be the last question about his future at the post game press conference. But then you go full Belichick. I'm only talking about the game. I'm only talking about the game. But that's not on brand for Mike Tomlin. That's, that's not what he point. does. But that's walking why, out is that, also not on brand for too. Mike Tomlin. That's yeah. true, too. That's why Belichick's level of consistency with the media benefits him more than it hurts him because he doesn't answer anything about anything, right? So him not answering a question, Bill, what's your name? I'm focused on the game. I'm just asking what your name is. Like, you know, it, it doesn't, he doesn't answer anything about anything. It's brilliant, actually. Next one, Pat. Buffets are completely overrated. I get that they're cheap and I get that they're affordable, but when's the last time you ever walked away from a buffet being like, boy, what a great meal that was? I just don't need them in my life. Well, uh, Pat, I'm with you. I think buffets are disgusting. They're so especially, gross. especially post-COVID and knowing all of the germs and knowing that people aren't necessarily the most hygienic. Uh, just people picking over all of the different food and then I'm supposed to eat that? I think buffets are disgusting. I am so with you. I'm also kind of over dips. I got to be honest. Went out to brunch with some people on Saturday morning. We got a dip and there was all sorts of chips and hands in there. And I was just like, you know what? I live in New York City. Maybe the community dips are out. No, it's a, a dip is a one or two person job. And that second person <laughs> has to be your significant other. Like if it's my like if I'm going out to dinner or going out to lunch and it's my wife can we share a spinach artichoke dip? Sure. Because you're in the wife. same bubble. It's my wife, yeah. But I'm not sharing <laughs> dips with my friends, with my boys when I go out. And while we're at it, the 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 the, the nuts that they put out on the bar. bar oh, yeah, you I'm never, not, not, you they never don't still do that, do they? Oh, yeah. yeah they do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you never eat those. Never eat those. Never eat those. The other thing with the buffet no. is there's always going to be something undercooked. When was the last time you went to a buffet where something like wasn't undercooked in some way? Because you're trying to make it as quickly as quick as possible. You could have yeah. stopped it with when's the last time you've been to a buffet? Because <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. Vegas, maybe buffets. high school. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go to buffets in like I've I been to. A, I went, to, I went to, to a buffet in college. We had a buffet in college. I've been to yeah. a wedding where there was a buffet. That's maybe different though. Bad chicken. But it's a little different. Yeah, the rubber chicken. Oh, it was so bad. That's heated by that little what, a sterno. Little sterno, yeah. Sterno, good call. Yeah. Hey, Pat, good by call. the way, the Eagles lost last night. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive <laughs> Insurance on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.